Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for... New Year's Day, January 1st in the year of our Lord, 2024. This is our one of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, to do so on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. And yes, indeed, we reject revolution. Unless it's a Jesus revolution, then we're in. Actually, we stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. And people say, Sam, why would you do a New Year's morning show in the first place? My heavens, everybody's super tired. They stayed up super late last night and everybody's just uh, trying to recoup and no one's listening. Almost got me. I believe a lot of people listen, some live, but many people listen to the archives uh, as well later in the day or whatever. And so it makes sense to spread the word of love and telling the truth day in and day out. These remember holidays are a time when a lot of people are alone. Sadly so, but a lot of people are lonely. A lot of people need uh, companionship and friendship and kindness. A lot of people need direction in their lives. A lot of people just need friendship and support. You know what? We provide it all uh, on your radio. Uh, Who we are behind the scenes are the same people that we are uh, in the public eye. We're far from perfect, but we stand for God, family, and country, and people need that in their lives, even on New Year's morning, New Year's Day, whatever you want to call it. So welcome to the broadcast, all of you. And of course, Dr. Scott Bradley is with me on the show today, freedomsrisingsun.com. He's known for his incredible collegiate series to preserve the nation, not to mention his weekly webinars. Hopefully those are getting back uh, ready to rock and roll. Dr. Bradley, welcome back, sir, and happy New Year to you and your family. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much, and it's good to be on with you. You know, you're really right. Um, people need um, – it's it's kind of like uh, – I mean, this maybe this is a really stupid analogy, tie-in, whatever you want to call it, but you remember that old TV show called Cheers where they had the song where everybody knows your name, you know? Uh, it's uh, it's interesting to to have a – a familiar voice, maybe, uh, at any time. And, and like you point out, some people during the holidays, I mean, things aren't exactly hunky-dory, perhaps, in their life. They, you know, there's maybe loneliness, as you point out, family members estranged. There could be sickness. There could be, you know, economic problems, any number of problems. And, of course, we we don't duck and dive from challenges on this program, but... Uh, but it's nice to know that there are people out there that maybe give uh, a kind of a a steady state kind of uh, solution to things. It's interesting. There was an extremely, 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 did I say extremely? Liberal. I hate the terms liberal and conservative. They've all been co-opted and they're used improperly now. But, but in using the vernacular that most people use it today, I'll use that term. There was an extremely liberal radio program that used to have me on radio, a talk radio program. And, uh, you know, we had counterpoints with each other. The host was extremely, did I say extremely, (laughs) Um, focused on a socialist perspective on everything that he came up with. And, of course, I, anybody that's listened to us before 
may get some idea that I have some opinions about things. And anyway, one day he said to me, Bradley, he says, I love having you on the program. You're so predictable. <laughs> and I says, well, thank you. I'll take that as a compliment because we are stable on our principles. And you can predict outcomes if you apply principles. You don't have to be adrift with every single stinking wisdom of man thing that comes along. You know, this thing we worship rather than this this steady state God, if you will, that's uh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And and so if you're you're adrift with all of these made up sexual status things and the the death jab and the and the uh, going along with all of the uh, media hype, it's more than hype. It's a script they give you. All of this kind of stuff. If yeah, I I'd like to be predictable, and and maybe your program's a little predictable to some people, and maybe it gives them. Hopefully, it gives them uh, something to kind of get their teeth into, if you want, uh, while they're uh, while they're going through their life. And maybe New Year's Day is maybe one of the better days to do it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, and I think one point to make is we're supposed to try to be like God. I'm not telling you we're gods. I'm saying we're supposed to try to become like God. Uh, and uh, God is very predictable, uh, in my opinion. He gives us guidance. When we obey his commandments, we're blessed. When we don't, we lose those blessings. Uh, he's been very clear about the teachings that he gives. The Ten Commandments are really key. Uh, and whether you're a member of uh, some evangelical church or another Christian sect or Catholic or Mormon or uh, you know, Jewish or any of these other religions, almost all the unifying factors of religion really across the world uh, really is the basis of the Ten Commandments. I mean, almost everyone agrees that the Ten Commandments is key. Now, uh, I understand that some think it's just a nice creed. Others think it's scripture uh, or, you know, or commandments from God. Uh, other people don't believe it's, but it is uh, really tied to a fundamental civilized society and when you violate these 10 guidelines rules like i'm going to call them commandments because i'm not afraid of that um then things go pretty well and when you violate those 10 guidelines or 10 commandments then things go very poorly uh, the two great commandments uh, are reminders as well to love the lord thy god and love thy neighbor as thyself are kind of key for this but i bring this all up because god's attack relentlessly as you know but the family has been under tremendous attack, too. When I say the family, I'm talking about the God-ordained fundamental unit of society, a male and a female married together with fidelity to one another, welcoming children to their relationship based on you know whatever circumstances they find themselves in, leading and following together in a way that makes sense from a male-female traditional God-ordained role. Now, hey, I realize that sometimes those roles require some adaptation due to circumstances, uh, you know, um, husbands should be provider and protector and these kind of things. But, hey, sometimes uh, things aren't as we want them to be. Nevertheless, I bring this all up because I believe the Ten Commandments are one of the greatest solutions uh, to the problems we face in America today. Obedience to them can bring blessings and stability and safety and prosperity. And a violation of them can bring nothing but disaster. Uh, I, and, again, people would say, well, that's just too predictable. predictable. Sam, you say that all the time. Yeah, but there's some other people chiming into this discussion that I think their comments are worthy of listening. And what they've really done in America today is they've tried to create this new idea that says, you know what, you don't need to listen to your parents. Just jettison mom and dad. Uh, you know what, deal with mom and dad who are all old school and they don't get it and they don't understand. 
uh, is very problematic. Just dump mom and dad, say the psychologist, just bag them. Or dump the siblings that don't agree with you. You know what? You need to draw boundaries. Uh, and so now we've kind of come from a culture of, of, you know, I get that there needs to be boundaries if there's abuse and certain things. But I'm talking about even a diff- difference of opinion on who to vote for for president oftentimes results in complete disillusionment of family ties that are so desperately necessary for stability uh, and safety and protection. They're dissolving all that as they try to destroy America. They really point at and destroy the family. Here is Dennis Prager, one of his five minute videos on this topic. Then we'll come back and talk about it with Dr. Bradley. Dennis Prager. There is a pandemic in the Western world, especially, but not only in America, that few are talking about, let alone addressing. This pandemic doesn't actually kill people, but it does ruin lives, crush families, and cause debilitating pain, far more than most cases of COVID-19. What pandemic am I talking about? The pandemic of people who do not speak to one or both of their parents. Why have these people decided to hurt their parents in one of the worst ways possible, to the extent of not even allowing their parents contact with their grandchildren? There are three primary reasons. The first is the rise of the therapeutic mentality. Prior to the explosion of psychotherapy, people were governed by shoulds. But beginning in the 1960s, the therapeutic model replaced the moral model as the guide to one's behavior. A popular phrase at the time was, there are no shoulds. I'll use a family story to illustrate this point. Despite the fact that his mother was a very difficult woman, my father called her every night. And every night, she would yell at him. As a child, I heard this because instead of holding the phone to his ear, my father would periodically place the phone on the kitchen table. Had my father been born a generation later and told a therapist how much he dreaded calling his mother, the therapist would likely have led my father to believe there was no reason he should talk to her. The therapist would have declared my grandmother toxic and given my father permission to avoid calling her. A culture that declared there are no shoulds would have concurred. But my father lived in the age of shoulds. Moreover, he was a religious Jew who had been taught the Ten Commandments since childhood, the fifth of which is, honor your father and your mother. And he believed, as did most Americans, that the Ten Commandments were given by God. In our secular age, the Ten Commandments are largely ignored. In fact, there are no God-given commandments. Instead, you do what you feel is right. If you don't feel like talking to your mother or father, you don't. My father, governed by the Ten Commandments and many other shoulds, called his mother every night despite the fact that he rarely felt like doing so. A second reason for this pandemic is parental alienation. This is usually caused by one parent against the other during or after a divorce, frequently, though certainly not always, by the mother against the father. She is so angry at her ex-husband that she has decided to hurt him in one of the worst possible ways, by convincing one or more of their children that their father is a terrible human being, unworthy of their love, respect, or even time. The children should have nothing to do with him. The third reason for this pandemic is ideological. This is the newest excuse for cutting ties with parents. I suspect few people in previous generations encountered parents whose children didn't speak to them because of how the parent voted. Many Americans hated Richard Nixon, but it's hard to imagine grown men and women in the late 1960s or early 1970s who refused to speak to their parents because the parents voted for Nixon. But many parents who voted for Donald Trump have a child 
who does not speak to them. For the record, I am not speaking about myself. My two sons and two stepsons and I speak frequently, love one another, and share values. But I know how lucky I am. I have met a lot of good people who have at least one child who no longer speaks to them. Yes, there are times when a parent is so abusive, pathological, or evil that communication becomes essentially impossible. And it is important to note, you do not have to love your parents. Just talk to them. Even the Bible, which commands people to love their neighbor, to love the stranger, and to love God, never commands us to love our parents. But at the very least, we owe them this, not to inflict terrible pain on them. Indeed, the infliction of such pain on a parent is about as great an act of cruelty as most people will ever inflict on another human being. If there is a God who gave the Ten Commandments, these people will be judged accordingly. I'm Dennis Prager. All right, there you have it. PragerU.com is the website for Dennis and what he has to say. I don't agree exactly when he says you don't have to love your parents. I think you need to love the Lord thy God and love thy neighbor as thyself. And I think your neighbor are, you know, everyone around you. Your neighbor means everyone. The Good Samaritan kind of highlighted that reality check. So I slightly disagree with Dennis on that. And I don't agree with Dennis on everything. But I do agree with this pandemic he's bringing up that this alienation of children to parents is a serious problem, leaves people lonely, uh, and you know what? Uh, harms relationships. You know, it won't be long till grandpa's gone or grandma's gone or whatever. And if you're not very careful, uh, you don't have a relationship with your parents and you won't have a relationship with your grandparents or whatever. And we need to be very, very careful that we don't let family ties get, get destroyed on this new age altar uh, of psychology, Dr. Bradley. It is man's way, it is not God's way, and it is disastrous for society. And I think it's just starting, meaning it's already bad enough, but it's getting worse. Uh, and we really gotta nip this in the bud. The fundamental family is one of the greatest keys to stability and success uh, in our society. Society will be never never be stronger than the families uh, that it makes, or that makes up that society. Uh, anyway, your thoughts on this one? It's interesting to me that uh, the fundamental unit that God ordained is under complete attack. And uh, it's been a diabolical attack right from the very beginning. I mean, there's been all sorts of things that uh, the evil one has attempted to, you know, enforce across this different societies. Different societies, to greater or lesser degrees, have have been destabilized by destroying the family, whether it's sexual perversion or or, you know, any of these other kinds of things, power, lust, li licentiousness, whatever. Uh, but, but you know, it's interesting that back in the 1840s, they, uh, the League of Just Men is what they had called themselves for a long time, but they, they had uh, changed their name to the Communists. Uh, they, uh, you know, they set forth a document, a manifesto, if you will, this Communist Manifesto, and it talks about how society is going to be destabilized and destroyed. And uh, there's, there's a whole outline there on how to do that. People ought to read it. I'm not promoting it. I'm just saying that you need to know who your enemies are and their strategies and tactics. But anyway, they specifically in there attack the family. In fact, you know, they talk about getting rid of private property, abolition of private property, all that kind of stuff. Very succinctly, they state their purposes, intentions, and their processes. And so one of the sentences in it is abolition of the family. Okay, I mean, just, it's just, that's what the, they, they admit it right up front. And, and then 
Let's see. We destroy the most hallowed of relations we, when we replace home with education by society. Okay. I, okay, so they're, they're going to put it into an educational setting that takes away from the family's central theme of the thing. And then another little sentence that uh, talks about a community of women. Okay, but you communists, this is their sentence, would introduce community of women, screams the bourgeois. Okay, so community of women, what the heck is that? It's common women. It is common women. It's women that have no ties to a family. It's a, you know, there's a lot of names they've gone by over time, but, and in fact, the Sarkolov uh, anarchists in 1917 during the Bolshevik Revo Revolution actually said no man can have won't own a woman. Now, who, if you think you own your wife, you're crazy. But but they were they were going to say every woman was a common woman that any man could make use of, euphemistically terms, and uh, they actually set that out as the societal norm. And, of course, society unraveled. Uh, but that's the way the communists have been doing it. They've been insidiously, for more than a century and a half, 70, 175 years, let's say, in this modern uh, manifesto that they put forth, and they've been implementing it. I mean, uh, and even before that time, you know, the French Revolution, they declared marriage to be slavery, and and uh, they they tried everything they could to destabilize society by destroying the family. Little boys could only stay with their parents until they were five years old. This has been central to destroying everything in society, and, and they've got the Humanist Manifesto now that uh, is used as the, if you will, the education template that the United States uses throughout their public education system that's based upon a godless religion called secular humanism. And it's in violation of, of the uh, First Amendment because what it does is it's a, it's a designated religious belief system supported by tax dollars. And so all of these kinds of things are coming together, and Prager you know, touches upon some of those things about it destabilizing, destroying society. He specifically focuses on the parental situation. Look what happened during the pandemic you know, situation that they put together uh, for a few years, and it's going forward. But you, you couldn't even go see your mom and dad if they were in a, uh, a rest home. Now, you have to say, okay, sometimes people do have to have greater care. But very, very often, they're kind of, I don't know, what would we say, holding tanks, where they basically are awaiting death. <clears throat> Previous societies embrace their uh, shall we say their heritage you know you yeah they embrace their heritage they had respect for and embraced the elderly that's kind of one thing that a lot of other cultures really have right um, whereas we don't in America we seem to kind of uh, oftentimes put them in foster homes or put them in uh, old people homes or it, 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 independent living or uh, you know these kind of different places uh, in an effort to not be responsible for them. And, and I think that's one of the problems we have in America today is how we treat our elderly, how we treat the young. We murder the babies. We put the elderly out to pastor, think they have no value to contribute to society. Oftentimes we don't take responsibility. Now I get sometimes that when someone's older, uh, their care becomes above the average person's ability to care for them uh, for medical reasons and uh, equipment reasons. And I mean, there's reasons for it. 
But we need to make sure that we really spend the time with our families. And it's by no accident that you were put in the family that you were put in, by the way. I believe God has a purpose to it. And even if you have a family environment that's not very helpful, that is toxic, you know, maybe you're there to bridge that. Maybe you're there to detoxify that. Maybe you're there to bring common sense and a humble heart to that uh, in a way that could change the game and, and, and bless people's lives. Um, anyway, I think it's really important that we focus on these and other issues. They have another video that I find fascinating, which we'll get to after the break, Dr. Bradley. But I really think this is an issue that, that we can't ignore. Um, there's so many studies now coming out about how alone people are. You've got divorcees. You've got all kinds of people that never marry. You've got through all these ages, people are alone. And we can't just let people be alone. Uh, the you human know, it, is not designed to be alone, doctor. You know, you're right. We're a social creature, if you if you want to think of it in those terms. But but I find this is all across society. You know, it's parents and children. It's brothers and sisters. It's, it's political stuff and everything like that. But, you know, I think back... Uh, to the American founding era. And there were very divergent opinions among those great minds that established this nation. And, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, becoming estranged or, or blowing up a bridge or whatever you, terminology you want to use when somebody does not have the exact same opinion you do. And um, it's, it's a very interesting phenomenon of this thing has to be centric to you. I mean, I'm not saying you, Sam, but that society is basically saying that uh, if, if somebody doesn't agree with you, blow up the relationship. You don't need it anymore. We're just going away. But the Founding Fathers, uh, I think one of their great strengths was their ability to talk through different ideas. I mean, they were, they were putting together a new nation, and nobody had put a, a nation together like this exactly in history. There was other, you know, maybe... Uh, patterns and so on that they could look to, and they did. They looked at great philosophers and everything like that. And I mean, and, you know, like for example, Montesquieu. You talk about uh, virtue and things. Virtue was re was required for a society as a republic, and and the uh, particularly among the women because they, they they had such an influence on their children. All of these kinds of things went into their formula, but they discussed this stuff, you know, in their taverns, their churches, their living rooms around the, the fireplace, whatever. And, and you know, maybe, uh, maybe Governor Morris had a little different opinion than George Mason or whatever, but, but you know, they could, they could discuss it. They held these things passionately. They held these things, you know, sacredly even, and and yet they listen to each other, and and we've kind of forgotten to do that. The acrimony in this nation, I don't know as it's ever been as bad as it is, and I think I'm even thinking about during the 1860s. I mean, there were uh, people that, that, I mean, you know, think about this. Uh, uh, Robert E. Lee, after the, the war, he was one of the most respected men in the nation, even though half the nation had been at arms against him. I mean, there were things that somehow kept society's strings pulled together and nowadays again the the marxist philosophy is is conflict based it's division it's divide fracture and ultimately replace with their diabolical philosophy all of these things are at play all the time and the family certainly is fundamental to this and somehow some way it would be nice if we could talk to each other as a family if if that seems to be a problem right now and and uh Stop being so blasted 
single-minded in your arrogance, you know, there's a there seems to be a pandemic right now too of of narcissism where we think we're the center of the universe. I mean, you know, individuals think that the whole world, the whole universe revolves around them, and it doesn't. Get over yourself and, and listen to other ideas. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there's a new survey out. Three in five Americans feel lonely. We need to bring back the traditional family, ladies and gentlemen, that's for sure. Late breaking news as well. Powerful earthquake hits Japan, triggering tsunami warnings. You are listening to the one and only Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News, I'm Dave Collins. Israeli's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is committed to reclaiming the border between Gaza Strip and Egypt, stating that the conflict with Hamas is at its peak and could extend for months. Netanyahu emphasized the necessity of the border being under Israeli hands. This declaration follows the Israeli military's assertion that their operations have successfully demolished a network of tunnels in Gaza and a hideout belonging to Hamas leaders. At least 20 people in a Russian border town are dead in the wake of a reported Ukrainian bombing. It marked the heaviest blow struck by Ukraine inside Russian territory since war began between the two countries in February 2022. Russia's defense ministry says two missiles and several rockets fell on the city and that the targets were indiscriminate. The strike appeared to be in retaliation for a Russian bombing attack a day earlier that rained missiles and drones on several parts of Ukraine. I'm Ryan Daniels. Maine Secretary of State Shana Bellows faced a swatting incident following her decision to exclude Donald Trump from the state's 2024 primary ballot. The episode occurred Friday night when a caller falsely reported breaking into Bellows' residence. Responding officers found no intrusion, and Bellows, who was not at home during the incident, condemned the unacceptable behavior, emphasizing the importance of civil discourse and disagreement without resorting to threats and violence. Flu cases are surging across the United States. There was a 16% increase in positive flu test results reported last week, according to the CDC's weekly influenza report. Over a dozen states, including Alabama, Georgia, and New York, have reported very high levels of respiratory illness. And nearly 20 other states have levels classified as high, with six pediatric deaths bringing the total to 20 for the current flu season. That's Skip Kelly reporting. This is USA News. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Their pure ground burgers are made from single cuts of real aged Omaha Steaks. These are truly steaks on a bun. Filet mignon, ribeye, New York strip, sirloin, and even brisket burgers. Now is the time to experience the exclusive burger perfection flight for just $79.99. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code TREAT at checkout to get an extra $20 off your order plus free shipping. You'll get four of each pure ground burger so you can sample all the steak on a bun greatness. These burgers are crafted for a juicier, more tender experience, making your mouth water with every single bite. Don't wait. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use promo code TREAT at checkout and get $20 off the burger perfection flight and discover your new burger obsession. Minimum order may be required. 
Do you know what is great about America? Ask an immigrant. Ask an Immigrant is a new podcast dedicated to helping Americans, especially our youth, value, appreciate, and be grateful for the freedoms we have here in America. Join host Lydia Wallace-Nuttle as she interviews immigrants from around the world to discover their inspiring personal stories about why they came to America. To learn more about why America is the most prosperous, greatest country in the world, download the Loving Liberty app or go to lovingliberty.net. In the medical field, IT security is crucial. Our highly skilled consultants are HIPAA certified and have 20 plus years of experience servicing medical clinics, billing and supply companies. We offer comprehensive endpoint protection, guarding your computers and servers against all stages of threats. And with our 24-7 monitoring services, you'll never worry about extensive downtime again. Ready to level up your IT support? Call 801-706-6980 today and discover how great IT services can be with Managed IT Services. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Decades after Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden picked up where he left off. With America surrendering to terrorists, Biden's foolish spending is causing inflation, which means more pain at the pump, higher prices on groceries, devaluing your retirement savings when you need it most. Once was a mistake, twice is a disaster. America needs strong leaders, not weak ones. Save America JFC is responsible for the content of this advertising. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Dr. Scott Bradley, talking about the fundamental unit of society, the family, and how precious it is, and how the communists are trying to destroy, the godless communists are trying to destroy the family, and we need to stand up like nobody's business in the culture wars, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, Parents don't deserve this. Dennis Prager highlights this uh, idea that, you know what, psychology now kind of says, hey, there's no real shoulds anymore. And, you know, let's equate the shoulds to beyond that and call them Ten Commandments. You can just ignore your parents if they bug you. Uh, That's not really the way things work in real society. That's the way modern manipulations. But I'm telling you right now, generations of youth are going to regret it when their parents are gone. uh, And grandparents and uh, grandchildren don't know each other or parents and children uh, don't know each other and this kind of stuff. It's going to wreak havoc. Uh, And the headline relates to this three out of five americans are lonely npr national public radio with that and they say they're shocked over it now i don't know why they're shocked over it doctor everything they do um really creates it you murder all the little babies so there's not new babies coming and you take all the old people and put them out to pasture and put them in some kind of a living center even when it's not necessary uh, you go ahead and jettison your parents midlife because you don't like what they have to say. Uh, you have divorce at an all-time high. You have, and everybody's alienated and lonely. You add to that the COVID reality uh, of, of, in my opinion, dishonesty and manipulation uh, to where you know people social distance and people got kind of trained to uh, just reject everything and just turn everything off and whatever and all these things. 
uh, this is it surprises me that NPR uh, is shocked by this. Everything they're doing foments this, Dr. Bradley. Yeah, it's kind of like, wow, where did this come from? I mean, you know, it's just absurd, absolutely absurd to me. You know, as we've been talking about this, I'm reminded in my mind, and again, you know how my mind kind of reels back into the yesteryear, and maybe a lot of your listeners are probably maybe even too young to even remember this and some of the things we talk about. But there was a movie that came out, I believe, in 1981. It was called Windwalker. I think you could probably find it on YouTube or something like that. It's a, it's a Western film. It's a, it's it was a very small potatoes kind of film and a lot of things. It's a, it's about a Native American setting before the the white man came west. It was in the late 1700s, 1797, I think was the year it happens. But at any rate, um, it's a it's a drama. It's it's really interesting. When I first showed it to my kids back in 1981. Uh, it was it was kind of traumatic. It's not violent or any. I mean, well, it's kind of there's an inferred that, but it's little children could get through it if you if you kind of hold their hand. But at any rate, it's uh, it's about that, that Native American society and this aged warrior and, and his place in his his family that he still lives with as he ages and comes to the end of his life. He had lost his young wife many years before in a in a crow raid. Uh, their rival Indian tribes. The, it's all in, in Cheyenne. It's, it's subtitled. There's no English language in it at all. And, uh, and so it's, to me, it's, it's, it's an educational experience as well as kind of a, a, a reminder of what families and societies are and how they work together. I don't want to ruin the whole story for you, but the, the old man lives with his family. He's in the waning years. And the time comes, he passes. Uh, but for some reason, he doesn't pass. He's on the, you know, the burial ground and everything like that. And, and he, he has to go back and help his family through one last dramatic problem that has a real good wrap-up. Okay, how's that for being, uh, what were the film critics? Vague. Anyway, <laughs> vague, yeah. Anyway. So let me ask you, no, what no. is this called again? Give it's the name again. It's called Windwalker, W-I-N-D-W-A-L-K-E-R. It's a film. It's a, I think, 1981 it came out. And uh, it's very, in my opinion, thought-provoking. Now, I, I see movies sometimes that have a message, and other people say, man, what are they doing there? So maybe you'll find it a little bit different. But I believe it is family renewal time with this. If, if you sat with your five, six-year-olds together, you grandma and grandpa, and watched this film, and talked about it when you got done. By the way, it's a 1981 film, just so that everybody knows. Okay. Windwalker, 1981. And I think you can probably find it on, on different you know, settings. I'm not exactly what you'd call a social media guru, but, but the fact of the matter is it's thought-provoking, I think, and it does talk about the extended family, and, and the little children play a role with the old grandpa warrior. I mean... They'll feed him his porridge, you know. I mean, and but but he he has he has life's experience that he brings, and I you know a lot of people I have studied the Native American way of life all my life since I was in third grade. I mean, we don't need to get off on that tangent, but but my understanding of many decades of of study is that these 
elderly, if you will, had their role. If you were a great warrior that no longer had even good eyesight, maybe they had you making arrows. You were straightening sticks to make arrows. And and you could tell the young boys while they were sitting there helping you tie the feathers on or or maybe the uh, the point. I mean, uh, uh, great stories about, you know, what life was about. I mean, these more elderly uh, didn't get kind of offloaded from society and and the kids gravitated to them and there were storytellers they were people that that kind of tied the society together they were in a, a largely verbal society without uh, I mean yeah they had pictorial images that they used to convey great hunts they'd been on or or battlefields or whatever you know harsh winters or great harvests of, of game whatever uh, but but it was conveyed verbally, and and there was a place for the elderly and, and the young, and there was a bridge that was in there. And, and it was, to me, it's a comforting and pleasant kind of feeling where everybody has value, and, and there's not this discounting. There's a lot of people today that think the elderly, you know, if you're over 50 years old, forget it. I mean, you ought to all just die. I mean, you're just a burden on society. You're useless eaters, whatever, you know. That's the way they but, say it, and it's far from the truth. And I remember as a little kid going in and loving to see Grandma. And I didn't talk to Grandma a ton because she was old and I was young, you know. But I would know whenever I'd go into Grandma, oftentimes I'd, you know, bring a problem to her or I'd bring in, you know, whatever's going on in my life. And she wouldn't say a ton. She'd just listen and all that. But once in a while, she'd say something, and it was really valuable and helpful to me. And, um, you know, I remember I wanted a soccer ball, and I was saving my money, and I was doing chores around the house as a little kid to get this soccer ball. And I remember when I was almost there, I almost had all the money, and my grandma basically said, I'll give you the rest of the money because you've worked so hard for it that, you know what, you're so close, I'll just help you get there. And I'll never forget it, and it taught me the blend of hard work sacrifice, uh, and then service where she served me and said, you know what, I'll help you with this because I, I see that this isn't something that you just sit around and beg for or complain about or a brat about. This is something that you're willing to work hard for and I want to reward that good work. And, and I remember that from my grandma. I remember going into grandma. Uh, why don't we go ahead and skip the break? Um, I remember grandma would, would uh, interact with me and, and I'd walk in after school and be all tired and she'd say, Sam, if you go pick me lemons, I'll make you a lemon meringue pie. And man, I'd run outside and go get her lemons and bring them back. And she'd make this lemon meringue pie that was the best in the world. And it was hot lemon meringue pie right out of the oven. And I'd get a piece of that dude. And I was just in heaven. These are the kind of things uh, that, in my opinion, make the difference. They're oftentimes they're short interactions. Oftentimes they're simple interactions. I remember going into my grandma and complaining about my dad and saying, you know what, he's just too hardcore, Mom, or Grandma, he's just, you know. And uh, my grandma would say, you know what, he has his faults just like the rest of us. And I remember thinking, you know, when you grow up, you almost think your parents are perfect. And then you get a little older and you go, oh, man, they don't know anything. Well, the truth is in between. They're not perfect, but they don't know everything either. Uh, and I think it's really important that we kind of double down on the understanding uh, that's really important. So have you seen Windwalker, 1981 Western film? By the way, Windwalker was um, an adaptation from a novel that was called Windwalker, too, just so everybody knows there's a book. And the reason I bring it up is oftentimes the books are even better than the movies if you take the time to read these days. Uh, 
and it's really important to, to focus on being able to read and all that kind of stuff. But on this Dennis Prager theme, and on the theme of the family, there is a woman who speaks out on Dennis Prager's website, PragerU.com. And one of the things that's interesting to me about this is they're really doubling down in defense of the family. And her headline says, wife, mother, and extremist. Her nickname is Peach, or her name, I think, is Peachy Keenan. I think is how you say it. Prager U. Uh, anyway, she talks about being an extremist, and we all ought to become one in 2024. Here she is. Remember normal? When did being normal get canceled? Normal, by the way, is my gender identity. Misgender me at your peril. What makes me normal? Well, I'm in a monogamous marriage, and I intend to stick with it until death do us part. I'm a proud husbosexual. That means I'm only attracted to men who identify as my husband. We have five children. Each of them remains the sex they were born. The only flag we fly has 50 stars and 13 stripes. We are trying our best to instill Judeo-Christian American values in our kids. You know, stuff like every human being is created in the image of God, personal responsibility, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We hope they marry young and produce a lot of grandchildren for us to dandle on our knees one day. Trigger warning, I also stayed home to raise my babies. Compared to most women my age, all this makes me a radical, an extremist, or as I call myself, a domestic extremist. The funny thing is, I am not classically domestic. I bake with Duncan Hines, and I loathe doing laundry. I have never crocheted anything, darned a sock, or touched a loom. I have never practiced animal husbandry. It's too late for me to learn how to milk goats. You're welcome, goats. In fact, I spent my entire life in big cities, Retending the plants is something the gardener does. For better or worse, I was raised as a fairly spoiled, totally secular, suburban American princess. In short, I was once just like most of you, unhappy, trying to convince myself I wasn't. Then fate intervened and I met a great guy, just in time. And I realized something my grandmother took for granted. A woman's most meaningful calling in life is to be a wife and mother. This is coming to you from someone who had a six-figure job at a major entertainment company, and gave it up so I could stay home with my baby. Becoming extremely domestic saved me. And domestic extremism can also save you and your family and the country and indeed our entire civilization from our collective nosedive. Wait a second, am I saying women shouldn't pursue careers? No, when it comes to a career, I'm pro-choice. I'm simply saying that being a wife and mother is job one because America is in free fall and everyone knows it. Just look around. The consequences are all around us. Young people are unable to form meaningful relationships, raise children, and otherwise perpetuate the species. Loneliness, depression, drug abuse, and generalized despair have taken hold. The hour grows late. We are facing an extinction-level event, as in, there soon won't be enough of us. How did we get here? There are many reasons, of course, but I'm going to point my finger at one. It's not open borders, cancel culture, or unbridled wokeness, though they certainly haven't helped. Instead, it is feminism and all its empty promises that has nearly erased the point and purpose of being female. And when you do that, things tend to go sideways. The endless cries for more girl power and female empowerment have led directly to the creation of today's dystopia. Even worse, these fanatics had a 50-year head start. We must therefore take the culture fight to them if we hope to reclaim our country, our children, and our true power as American women. We need to woman up. We need to lean in to the very essence of our being, to commit to a lifestyle that is not always the easiest choice. 
a lifestyle that may bring you little social media glory and will make you a pariah in certain zip codes. We need more women to choose domestic extremism. To become more domestic, in other words. Becoming a domestic extremist is so simple that you can start today. All you have to do is to choose to live again in a way that within recent memory was considered normal. Never forget this truth. We didn't become the extremists. They did. And if you choose to remain child-free because, you know, kids pollute the planet and keep you from going to the Taylor Swift concert, that's okay with me. To paraphrase Napoleon, never interrupt a cat owner when she is making a mistake. Leave the homemaking to us. While they're demanding gender equity, TikToking about how great it is to be 29 without any commitments, and complaining that marriage is indentured servitude, we'll be making babies, raising responsible adults, and dreaming of all the people who will call us grandma one day. Be fruitful, husbands and wives, and multiply. That's how we win. I'm Peachy Keenan, author of Domestic Extremist for Prager University. All right, there you have it, PragerU.com. Uh, again, this is another real time-tested five-minute video. I normally don't play that much from other people. I usually play sound bites or this and that, but I usually don't play that much. But I, I feel like Dennis and uh, Peachy Keenan, Keenan uh, and some of these people are really on to what's fundamentally the solution to the problems we face in America. And when people are making New Year's resolutions and trying to better their lives and we're going to kick off 2024 and do it right, Dr. Bradley, I think that we need to really double down on the God-ordained traditional family and say that fundamentally in a society is the key to the exercise. Having women be real women and men be real men uh, and have those two stand side by side under the direction of God Almighty. It's like a triangle, you know, the man and the woman come together under God and uh, learn to live as one and learn to love one another and their, their attributes and their talents and their, um, their strengths and weaknesses are kind of paired perfectly in a way that, that really creates something to behold. Uh, it is God orda God's ordained pattern. And I think Peachy nails this one, doctor. You know, it's, I agree. I mean, I'm just absolutely appalled. I mean, we both live in Utah, and it's supposed to be, you know, the the central red state, and it's supposed I mean, it's not. It's absolutely probably the most corrupt state, maybe second or third state in politically in the nation. It's a idea of this centralization of the, the uh, true traditional family has strayed so far. Church leaders have, oh, work as much as you want, be a mom too, and all this. You know, you can't do... You can't do that, and there's a lot of a lot of failure points along those things, and it's a tragic, tragic thing. Utah is not what a lot of people think it is, but I'll tell you, I, I was I was traveling cross country alone, um, and uh, I was in the Midwest on a Sunday morning, and I was driving a long ways. I had several hundred miles to go and everything like that, and I started really early in the morning and. And, uh, you know, you try and keep the boredom down. And, and so I, I started listening to, to radio. And the, a Sunday morning, holy cow, in the Midwest, I mean, what can you listen to on the radio? And I, yeah, it's I called Preacher upon, Radio, buddy. You just picked the preacher. I'm here to tell you, baby. <laughs> I started listening to some Christian radio stuff. And, you know, I'd go in and out of, of uh, footprints of, of the, the signal of radios. You know, you, you travel far enough, you lose the signal, you find another one and everything. I was absolutely not just astounded. I was overjoyed at what I was hearing in that Midwestern America thing. See, you hear so much nonsense from the 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 left bank and the and the right bank of of this nation. You know, the the uh, the coasts, if you will, about what America is really about. That's not 
you know, the New York view, the California view, that's not America. It's just not. And, and uh, they're trying to spread their drivel across the whole nation and make everybody feel like everybody's got to be this way, you know, with these made-up sexual status things and all that kind of stuff. But in the Midwest, on that Sunday morning, as I traveled, I thought, my goodness, there is hope for America. I heard things like this Peachy Keeney, whatever her name is, woman. I mean, it was so wonderful to hear people that were committed to their families, that loved their families. They took great joy in them. People, I mean, it was, some of it was talk radio because, you know, you have different formats you go through. And, and you, you hear people that are in there calling in, you know, how they, you know, they had these t- two career paths and everybody was making big bucks and they had all the accoutrements of, of wealth and all this kind of stuff. And they decided, you know what, we've got something more precious at home and it's us and it's our children. And, and so the mother became the mother and the father, the provider and the protector. And they gave up their two fancy BMW type cars and they went with a second kind of used type of car that the one single car the other one they got rid of i mean and they they focused they homeschooled their kids all of these kind of things it was a gathering place and and it was to me just a it was so refreshing i never hear that never hear that on utah radio i don't it just doesn't happen it's the the double career highfalutin get your education which is meaning get really, really, really big in debt. Uh, you know, I, I, I watch some of these kids that, uh, you know, before they get married, they've incurred so much debt, and then they bring it both together. It's just crushing for the rest of their life for a career that has only prepared them to be woke. And uh, they don't really have any job skills they bring to life. I mean, it's astounding to me. Anyway, I'm getting far afield. But returning to the traditions is important and we but you're we not far afield in the sense that we've got to decide it's one thing to say hey a woman has to work <clears throat> uh to help provide the necessities and, and i think society is trying to make it that way with our out of control taxes i think this is done on purpose just get sure. the people tied up and in, in on this treadmill or on this whatever hamster wheel whatever you want to call it to try to derail them from what's most important i think there's truth to that and i think sometimes it does take two family income or two uh, income families to to make sense of things but it's also you can pr- pick what you choose to do. Uh, you know, my wife and I both work, but we both work from home. And so we were there to raise our children. We homeschooled them till high school age, a lot of them, uh, or middle school age and this kind of stuff. And we, we taught them. And, but we were both home at the crossroads when they'd come home or when they'd leave and when they'd, et cetera. And we never put them in a government schools, uh, never, ever, not one, not once. And we've got eight children. But I bring this up to say sometimes necessity requires, uh, you know, Difficult times. You read in the 1800s or something like that where a man had to leave his family and go work on the railroad or go work somewhere else uh, to make a living. Sometimes adaptation is required, but we need to keep priorities uh, in line. We need to keep understand that, look, you cannot ignore a spouse. Uh, you cannot ignore children. You cannot ignore those uh, family-oriented or uh, responsibilities or your home life. You can't give that no time and expect it to go well. Okay, time is key. Doesn't matter if you have a big house or a little house. Doesn't matter how nice the oven is or whether you have a, you know, two two ovens that can run simultaneously or whatever. You don't need all the modern everything. 
but what you need to do is give your family, give your life, give your uh, all the things that matter to you. I say God, family, country. You need to give that time, and you need to make time for those things. And and so to me, I want to kind of end with uh, on this hour, this New Year's resolution of decide to be very careful with your time. I know it's kind of a joke that everybody's got twenty four seven, but you know your time goes away, and it's something that you can never get back. And if you put time into things that matter, the dividends, the payoffs, the returns, the ROI or, you know, return on investment or whatever you want to call it is tremendous. And I'm not necessarily talking about financial, really. I'm talking about greater things. Uh, and so time is really key here in what this peachy lady uh, explained and what Dennis Prager both explains. Giving someone your time and attention is a great gift uh, indeed, doctor. Why don't you respond to that? Because I think time relates here, big time. Pardon the pun. Yeah, well, it's a there's it's a really broad subject, and honestly, we uh, we maybe ought to continue. And I don't know what you got planned for the next hour, but the fact of the matter is, this this applies not just to families but to society. It applies to to what really matters and understanding it. And and I, a thing comes to mind that we'll probably won't have time. Well, I just mentioned it here. Uh, I knew a fellow quite well that uh, that served in World War II and was uh, in the uh, Philippines campaign and went through a bunch of nonsense. And we used to get together and we'd swap stories, you know, and some of them were even true, I'm sure, where we, we'd both tell some of our experiences together. And it was just him and me. <laughs> and, and, you know, um, phenomenal things. That, that he had experienced that that made him what he was. He was an old farmer guy. Nobody really paid much attention. But I asked him one day, have you told your kids this? Have you told your kids this? He said, oh, no, they're not interested. The kids All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Care. I want to stop you this hour because what I want to do is tease the topic. And I want to come back right next hour, and I want to continue where we left off but reintroduce the topic. I got a whole lot more along these lines, ladies and gentlemen. This is the New Year's Day broadcast 2024 for Liberty Roundtable Live. And we are quadrupling down on God, family, and country as we protect life, liberty, and property and stand for the sacred cause to which we're heavily engaged. Every day, 24-7, we eat and sleep and focus on the sacred cause of liberty. Dr. Scott Bradley, freedomsrisingsun.com. Check out his collegiate series to preserve the nation. I am Sam Bushman. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.